Welcome to episode 206 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we are looking at both parts of this Season 9 premiere, Nothing Important Happened Today Parts 1 and 2, which originally aired on November 11th and November 18th of the year 2001. So this year they knew that Gillian Anderson was coming back, at least in some capacity, because Fox had offered her a very generous package to return. Chris Carter did make the decision to return, but it was actually pretty late in the game, so they were already in pre-production on the first episode when he came back as producer, although he had co-written both parts of this episode with Frank Spotnitz. But in a lot of ways, it did feel like a new start with Reyes and Doggett as the full-time agents on the X-Files. So we get completely new opening credits. Now, behind the scenes, it wasn't as new. We had a lot of the same writers. The first part is directed by Kim Manners, who eventually directs about a quarter of the series. The second part was directed by Tony Warmby in his fifth episode directing. He joined the series with season eight, and he's got two more episodes coming. In this one, the focus returns to the super soldiers that were introduced formally in Season 8, although they'll be alluded to all the way back to the episode Eve in Season 1. So with this, there are super soldiers out there, and there are people that are getting killed by a woman we later learn as Shannon McMahon, who's played by Lucy Lawless. More on her with the guest cast later. It turns out that she was an officer who used to serve with Doggett in the military, and she had been brought into the program to become super soldiers with Noel Rohr. They were the first two. A lot of the events from the end of Season 8 that sparked Doggett's investigation into Kirsch's office have gone nowhere because people have replaced the evidence. There's no... Well, it's not that there's no security footage, is that it's that the security footage in the parkade where everything happened has been replaced with tapes showing completely empty parkades. So the evidence has been doctored and removed to leave him on his own. We see the lone gunman return, and Langley still has his face dyed blue, so this clearly happens not terribly long after the events of the lone gunman series finale. We don't know exactly what's happened, but there's no sign of Jimmy, there's no sign of Eve, and they are financially very, very strapped to the point that they even warn Doggett they may have to hit him up for some cash. So there seems to have been a breakdown in their relationship with Jimmy at this point. But again, no answers are forthcoming at this stage. I assure you they will come by the end of the season. Also introduced as a recurring role is Carrie Elwes as Brad Fulmer, more on his biography later. He is another assistant director who's got a personal history with Agent Reyes, and he's doing what he thinks is best for her, which includes sabotaging John Doggett. So it is an interesting two-parter that does end up with Doggett and Reyes working together on the X-Files. Scully 
is, you know, raising William on her own. And there is no sign of Mulder. His apartment has been emptied out. Everyone's saying you can't contact him. And we eventually find out he is gone because Kirsch convinced Scully that staying would result in his death. So Scully made Mulder leave. We have no further information at this time. And we're not going to get it for quite some time. We do have new opening credits, which is the first time Mitch Pileggi has appeared in the opening credits as Skinner. There's also a list of nicknames or screen names that flash during these credits. You'll note over the course of this season that those handles and nicknames do change from episode to episode. And those are nicknames of fans who've been on the Fox forums for the series for some time. So they were rewarding the fans, even though the fans weren't really rewarding them. Not all fans, but many fans resented Doggett and Reyes, as though Annabeth Gish and Robert Patrick were the ones that somehow forced David Duchovny off the show and Gillian Anderson into a reduced capacity, when in reality it was the actors who made that choice for personal reasons, and Patrick and Gish were merely hired to fill the void with new characters. So they were being unjustly blamed. This season also did start off with a bit of a hit in the ratings. There were conspiracy theorists who were talking about 9-11, which obviously those attacks had now happened two months before this premiere, and were disturbingly similar to the pilot episode of The Lone Gunman, although we now know that's coincidental in terms of the timing. It didn't stop people from pointing fingers in those raw times. In fact, one of these episodes was dedicated to friends, a friend of Chris Carter, who was killed in the September 11 attacks. So some of that may have been the reason for the ratings hit. Part of it may be that Alias premiered September 30th opposite The X-Files and had five episodes already aired in what was now pretty much a runaway hit in that same time slot before The X-Files came back. So by that point, people had a new show to latch onto that was also engaging, also exciting, and they knew that one of the major cast was not returning to The X-Files. Another member of the major cast was going to be working in reduced capacity. If you follow the post-production, again, Chris Carter was a late addition. I'm not even sure if he was involved officially when Alias first premiered. Alias, of course, being the J.J. Abrams spy series starring Jennifer Garner. So it kind of had the card stacked against it, and that could be why the ratings dipped down with the pilot episode or the season premiere. So there was a good third of the audience who had seen the season eight finale who did not return to give season nine a try for whatever combination of reasons that was. Now, running through our guest cast, now the first major star I mentioned was Lucy Lawless. She's got 71 acting credits to her name, some of which won't be out until 2021. Again, she is probably best known as the title character from Xena Warrior Princess, but she also played Lucretia in Spartacus. She had 
a very brief cameo in Sam Raimi Spider-Man as Punk Rock Girl. She was Madame Vandersex in Eurotrip. Those are her IMDb4 best known fours. She's also got appearances in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, Parks and Recreation, and the rebooted Battlestar Galactica series, as well as numerous others. The goal for her character was to be a recurring character throughout Season 9, but she had a very high-risk pregnancy and just simply could not do any performance of any kind. She had to take the time off work to make sure that everything was okay for her and her baby. Now, the next major star is Carrie Elwes. The IMDb arranges things, and sometimes in questionable ways, I get why his role as Dr. Lawrence Gordon in Saw might be number one right now. I do not understand why it's frankly not his role as Wesley in The Princess Bride. That's only number three on the list. He is also known for playing Robin Hood in Robin Hood Men in Tights and for his role in Kiss the Girls, 129 acting credits to his name, many in post-production. He's Mayor Larry Klein on Stranger Things. I... Also really loved his work as Pierre Despero in four episodes of Psych. He just did a fantastic job there. When I met him at a local comic convention, I brought Princess Bride, this season of The X-Files, and seasons of Psych, and asked him to sign his favorite of that set, and Psych was his choice. So I found that to be an interesting decision on his part. And at the same time, Wallace Shawn, who played Vizzini in The Princess Bride, had a similar stack of about eight titles that he was in. He chose to sign Clueless because that was his favorite. So just, I thought those were interesting decisions, not necessarily the fan favorites. Now for the other cast members, we've got Nicholas Walker playing Carl Wormus. He's got 41 acting credits to his name and this is 39th on the list. His final credit is from an episode of She Spies in 2003. He is best known for Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, One Life to Live, Paul the Emissary, and Battlestar Galactica, The Second Coming, a 1999 movie trying to reboot the original version of Battlestar Galactica. It's actually just a short film in which he played Sire Toloman. So his credits go back to appearances in some soap operas from 1980 to 1981. Now, John Cassino is another man who's got a rather sizable stunt credit list. 17 acting credits, but 147 stunt credits. So here he plays Roland McFarlane in one of these 17 acting credits, and his most recent acting credit is from The Hunger Games Catching Fire, but his credits include stunts in multiple Hunger Games films, Stargate, and They Live. The most recent is from The Lady and the Tramp, and he will be coming up again doing stunts in Suicide Squad. He was also the stunt double for Kirk Russell in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, Jane Yamamoto plays the news anchor. That's actually one of her four IMDb Best Known For credits. She's playing reporters in all four of them, 
in America's Sweethearts, Imagine That, and Dino Croc, rounding out hers. 17 acting credits to her name. And just running through the list, I'm seeing her playing a reporter or news anchor in everything, possibly not an episode of Strong Medicine where she's Tawny Small, but that may be the name of a reporter. She's got four credits as herself, including Fox News, making the video. So I suspect that she actually is a reporter that I just simply don't recognize, and that's why they had her in that role. Now, Jeff Austin plays Sea Captain. He's best known for his work in How to Get Away with Murder, Grace and Frankie, Armageddon, and L.A. Confidential. 80 acting credits to his name, the most recent credit was from 2018. And here he's play, he plays Dr. Nordlinger. Now, Heather Charles has 19 credits to her name. Her first five credits are all from 2001, and this is actually the fourth of those. She's uncredited as the waitress. She is best known for her stunt work in superhero movie, as well as roles in When Women Ruled the World, Killer Camera Monsters, and Seven Lives of Chance. Now, Christian Sorensen actually has 16 credits under Miscellaneous Crew, mostly as military consultants and technical advisors. He will actually be the military consultant in the X-Files episode Providence that is coming up down the road. He only has nine acting credits, and here he is uncredited as Ryan Bracker. That's his seventh of the nine credits. He is best known for that military advisor role that he filled in Volcano, The Rock, Godzilla, and The General's Daughter. Now, all of those actors appeared in at least the first, if not both parts. The guest stars that we're introduced to in part two include Ryan Cutrona, who plays the ship's captain. He's got 100 acting credits to his name, best known for The Last Boy Scout, the Judge in Changeling, which I highly recommend. It stars Angelina Jolie, was written by Jim Ankleshazinski, directed by Clint Eastwood. He also plays LAPD Brass in In the Line of Fire and Captain Margolis in Hot Shots. Ben Reed plays the young officer. 56 acting credits to his name, most recently in 2019. Credits include work in American Sniper, Starcrossed, The Greatest Chillman, and The Meanest Man in Texas. Now, Victoria Galagos plays Fulmer's assistant. She's got 12 acting credits to her name. This is her second appearance on The X-Files. She'd previously played a receptionist in Permanum, and we'll see her as Fulmer's assistant or secretary again in Release Down the Road. And finally, Kevin E. West plays a Navy SEAL in this one. 67 acting credits to his name, most recent release is 2019, though he's got some completed work that has no release date. He is best known for his work in Criminal Minds, Social Nightmare, Castle, and Lost. So overall, this is actually a decent episode. It sets things up for the future nicely. It positions everything. If anything, the issue is that the Riots don't seem to know who Monica Reyes is. And there's even comments from Vince Gilligan that she was a tough nut to crack because when you've got Reyes and Doggett and Scully involved, 
Reyes defaulted to the third point of view, which is hard to come up with in arguments. And I think trying to define her through her relationships with men, specifically Fulmer, when she was introduced through her relationship to Doggett, was a bit of a disservice to the character. And in fact, I think it's going to be a long time before they figure out who she is. And by that time, they already knew that the series was going to be over. But more on that later. So this wraps up everything we have to say about Nothing Important Happened Today. Join us again in two weeks' time as we talk about Demonicus. Thank you for listening.